There's a cracked bell ringing in the distance. Start over somewhere. Start over again. If you can hear it, it's impossible to resist it. Start over somewhere. Start over again. When Hi, I'm Kirk. And I'm Anthony. We've uh, been actively trying to become dads for the last four years. Um, if you want a little bit more history and background about our process, you can check out our blog at twobeardsandababy.com. Uh, although it's not widely talked about, uh, there are a lot of folks out there who are sharing their stories of starting families through IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these stories are told by really courageous women who are sharing their personal and tender experiences of struggles with infertility um, and and starting or, or ultimately not starting uh, their families after those struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we wanted to put something out there that really shines a light on the endless barriers and the inequitable burden that, that queer men face when trying to start their families. Um, these burdens are, are particularly apparent when these men come from middle or working class backgrounds. So after after years of saving our own money, uh, lining up loans from friends and family, crowdfunding, and being awarded a grant from a nonprofit called Men Having Babies, um, this is this is where we are today. Uh, on March twenty third, which was a couple of weeks ago, as we record this, our fertility clinic retrieved twenty nine mature eggs from our egg donor. Uh, on the following day, twenty three of those eggs were successfully fertilized. Uh, 10 from me and 13 from Kirk. Um, on March 29th, uh, which was a week ago, um, that was day six of embryo growth. Um, and on that day, we got the following email. Hello, Kirk and Anthony. We have finished looking at the embryos, and unfortunately, none of the embryos were suitable for biopsy and freezing. A very small portion of the embryos did continue to grow, two to three for each of you, but they were very poor quality and missing the part of the embryo that will become the fetus, so we were unable to biopsy and freeze them. I know this is devastating news. I will let Dr. Hessla and his team know, and your coordinator will be reaching out to you to make a follow-up appointment with Dr. Hessla. I know that he'll want to speak with you regarding the outcome of this cycle. Let me know if you have any questions at all. Best. Liz. So we got that email um, probably about eight hours ago at this point. Mm. Seven hours ago. Mm. And uh, we knew that we would that we knew that we'd be getting the news today about how many how many embryos we had um, that would be uh, ready to freeze and hang out in the freezer until we were. Uh, matched with a surrogate and and ready to transfer one. Um, that was it was definitely not the news that we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when you called me and you you called me and you were like, "Did you get the email?" Like I really was like. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I really was thinking you're gonna 
be like, oh my gosh, did you get that email? We have 23 embryos, like, for some reason. I thought it was just going to be, like, really crazy good news. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. We definitely weren't. I mean, I didn't think that we were going to have 23. <laughs> I mean, we had 23 eggs that fertilized. Right. I mean, statistically, we, we should have ended with, like, you know, 12 or something. Right. Or less than that, probably. 11. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier, just like, you know, I mean, I think like going into this process, we we're, we're told over and over again that there are no guarantees and there's so many variables. Um, and I think, you know, we, we kind of really understood that. And even as we we're talking mm-hmm. about it, we we're like, well, you know, there's so many variables. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but this was not one of them. Like, it's like of all the things that we considered, you know, like not actually even getting embryos um, out of this process was not something I had, I had actually even considered. No, it's, it, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember talking with Dr. Hessler at one point, mm-hmm. and he This was, like, last year, right? This was, like, last year, yeah, yeah, before we had really sort of dove in. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was, he basically was, like, you know, statistically speaking, you know, you both are healthy, you're going to work with a pre-screened egg donor... Right. who is also going to be very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically speaking, you, you guys will have some of the highest chances of success mm-hmm. um, with IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, part of, that, part of that discussion was why we... That was part of our decision-making process around, you know, choosing a, a pre-screened... Uh, pre-screened egg donor from or organ reproductive medicine like uh, egg bank right. versus using our friends you know right. Lindsay or or Mar like we both who have both stepped up at at you know certain points in the past two years and have said you know we you know that we would that they would um, that they'd be willing to donate. yeah that they'd be willing to donate their eggs and part of like the reason that we chose to go with a pre-screened, you know, egg donor was because, to, to increase our success rates. Right. Um, and so it's, it's fucking crazy that, that we don't have. Any. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Um, yeah. It's just hard to, it's hard to process think um i mean and you know we we were able to talk to the embryologist a little bit today um and she said you know typically in typically when this kind of thing happens especially because we both fertilized eggs um that it's 
it's likely that it that the issue was with the eggs, not with our sperm. Yeah, but the other part that I wonder about too is like, I mean, what what if it was an issue with the lab? You know, like what if it was a human error, like in the lab? You know, yeah. like it's not like they're going to take any kind of responsibility for that, or that they would step up and say, "Well, we don't know that." I mean. No, we don't know that, but it's like, I mean, that's where my mind is going. Like, I'm, right. I'm trying to, like, process all of the possibilities, and I think that, like, part of what happens when I go into this place of, like, grief, and, like, I'm in this place of, like, confusion and shock, it's like, I want to blame somebody, <laughs> you know? I want to find the answer, I want to, like, understand, I want to, like, say, okay, well, this is where the mistake was. But I also imagine, I mean, I imagine that they do hundreds of cycles a year like right you know I mean yeah it's possible right that it's human error right but I also would imagine that they have so many like checks and safeguards in place right yeah I mean they've been doing it for um even if there was a human error that like it wouldn't be a human error of 23 fertilized eggs all not developing Mm -hmm. that it would be right a few Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I'm also grasping for straws, like, trying to understand what... how we're sitting here right now. Yeah. With zero embryos. When, you know, last week it was all, you know... We retrieved 31 eggs, and, you yeah. know, the majority of the vast majority of those were mature. And right. Well, yeah, she's, I mean, the numbers looked great. Everything looked great. Like, we yeah. were genetically tested. She was genetically tested. Like, she, I mean, she had numerous tests, right. you know, and she she did great. She, I mean, I can't, like, you know, there's not, the things like this, it's, like, so hard because you can't really, it's, like, yeah, I mean, there's not really anything we can do right you know it's just kind of this is this is our this is our story right this is it it's kind of like and it wasn't you know like it's been really interesting I mean like as soon as we we posted on Facebook you know we've been like (laughs) this whole time we've been like sharing this like it's just fucking crazy. You know, we're like sharing this story publicly. Yeah. And, but it was not, it actually feels really, I mean, it, it has felt really good to like somehow go, go on to, you know, go on to Facebook and see all the comments and the hugs and the the support from people yeah I mean and then walking home tonight that was fucking crazy yeah that was pretty wild we were we uh we were walking in our neighborhood and uh this woman was like crossing the street and was like hey 
I don't even remember exactly what she said. Well, she was like, yeah, we were, like, walking home from dinner. We were just walking in the neighborhood, and this, this lady carrying her yoga mat, kind of, she's like, hey, hey, guys, I just want to let you know I, I follow you. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, she was like, I, I've been following your story. And, um... You know, I guess she, she started following us last year um, when I think we, we posted something on, on um, that app next door. Right. And uh, I think it was for our, our launch, or two years ago, maybe. It might have been, if, the only time I was on there was two years ago for the our launch or something for... Right, our first crowdfunding. Yeah, the first crowdfunding launch. And um, anyway, she's like, I've been following your story and, and I just want to... Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that um, I'm really sorry to have seen the news today. And so it's like this woman we don't even know. She lives in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, like probably, t- I don't know, 10 blocks or whatever. Yeah. And she's following our story and we didn't even know. Right. But it felt really good to like, it also felt like, ma- like I don't know, there was something like, like really just, I don't know if the word is poignant, but like, mm-hmm. about... <laughs> about that you know yeah and specific to like her saying you know like kind of saying that you know there are people rooting for us yeah it definitely um definitely kind of lightens my heart a little bit Mm. just that that sort of chance run in with somebody that we don't know Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. to say like yeah there there are people (laughs) who are following your story and yeah you know wishing wishing you the best and um, uh, yeah, you know, to, to kind of, yeah, just kind of have her sort of affirmation. I, I mean, I basically, I almost started crying right there. Just yeah. with some random neighbor stranger. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's really sweet. Yeah, it was really sweet. And then also, you know, getting texts, you know, texts and calls from family and friends and everyone's just like what in the world yeah so I mean yeah I don't I don't know um I don't know what's next I mean I don't know I don't know what we're gonna do yeah I, I mean we'll meet with the doctor on Friday and you know maybe he'll have some more insight into what happens mm-hmm um, and I guess we'll, I mean, we'll have a chance to discuss next steps at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I guess then have a, a clearer sense of, yeah, what our options are. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, you know, at this point, um, it's really difficult to think that like, I guess in a lot of ways it feels like we're kind of back to square one. Um, Mm. you know, the embryologist was really clear that like, that the egg donor that we had chosen will not be allowed to donate eggs again. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so even if, even if we had wanted to, to try with her again, um, that ORM would not work with her, would not recommend that medically. Right. Um, so that puts us back to 
having to go back to the donor database. Um, well, potentially. I potentially. Mean, that's the other part. It's like, I don't even know. Like, I mean... Well, assuming that we were to, you know, kind of follow the same this same path. Right. We would be back to looking at the donor database. We would need to choose a new egg donor. Um, yeah. You know, she would have to, you know, go through the second round tests. She would have to, you know... I mean, yeah. Go through, you know, the the controlled cycle um, and egg, egg, egg retrieval. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, while, you know, kind of at the same time we're, we're due to be matched with a surrogate in April sometime. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the thing that, again, like, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but like, we can't. We, we can't afford to go through another cycle. Right. You well, know? I, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's that's, like we... Right. I mean, e- even if we... Unless organ reproductive medicine somehow is like, oh, we are going to waive all the fees right. associated with right. going through an egg donor cycle. Right. Um, there's like... Um, there's... I don't see how that's... It's possible for us. You right. know? Like, I just don't know, you know... Yeah. And it's just kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. right. That's the other side of the equation is the financial piece. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but it's, for me, it doesn't even feel like, it doesn't even feel like the other side of the equation. It just feels like that is the equation. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's like maybe that's not the right yeah, phrase to use. I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously, it's that's funny the equation. that you're the one who's like thinking about the financial piece. Why is that funny? Oh, just because I tend to be I <laughs> more often the numbers guy in the relationship. I mean, it's not funny. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, yeah, and so, so that's, yeah, that feels really, I don't, I don't I don't even think that I really have processed that part of it. I mean, the, I'm sure there's a lot of this that I haven't processed yet. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure. Um, Me too. But, yeah, I mean, essentially, you're right, I mean, unless... Unless ORM is like, well, we're just going to cover the costs in total for your, for a second egg donor. Um, Yeah, there's not really financially a way that we can move forward. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that means that we're, I mean, men having babies is going to withdraw their funding. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then we're then we're really back to square one, right? Um, yeah, which is I don't even know. Yeah, me either. I mean, I know that, like, you know, we're not. Um, I know that we're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. You know that we're not like the only couple 
whether it's, you know, same-sex male couple or male-female couple or whatever, you know, like, I know that we're not the only couple who have thrown money at this process and have been left, um, and have, yeah, have, have nothing to show for it except, Mm -hmm. except our, uh, our experience. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that's a negative bank account. Yeah. Um, And our experience, you know, I mean, I know that people, people throw tens and thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to start their family, you know, like it's, it's a thing that people do. Um, I never thought that, that I would, I would be that, that person or that we would be those people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we, we can be, you know, that's the other, it's not, um, it's not feasible. Yeah. Um, doesn't feel accessible and I mean I certainly you know there was a part of me in some ways like even a year ago that just like had a lot more hope that um, somehow our healthcare system or our education system that we would somehow like um, we would be moving towards a a system in which um, these things would be um, supported and valued in a different way, you know. Um, but I, but this political climate obviously is not. <laughs> yeah. Not really hopeful. Not, it's not a very supportive one. No. For. Um, Family planning. For yeah. I mean, period. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a supportive uh, environment for for family planning, um, and uh, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Through the tall grass of the lowlands, you might get to be a passenger sometime. And the whole world is waiting on your answer. Start over somewhere. Start over. So we just left the doctor's office. It's now. Friday, about quarter to six, and uh, yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I don't really feel resolved in any way, um, but I guess that it's, I I didn't really go into this feeling like it w- we were going to be resolved in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the only way that it would have been, there would have been any resolution right now is if the doctor had been like, Oh yeah, the lab messed up. Yeah. And you know, every other, you know, batch of embryos that we, or, you know, batch of eggs that were fertilized that day had the same problem. Right. Um, but that wasn't the case. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he was, I think he did a really great job of kind of staying, staying really present with us, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like, I mean, there's only so, I wanted to be really mad at him, 
but I think there's only so much that he can do, you know, based on the information. And I mean, like I've said in there, the, the probability based on the science and the math that we have, the probability that it's a sperm issue is really low. Yeah. And he agrees yeah, with that. The probability that it's an egg issue is really low. Right. And so, I mean, to, to me, it just seems really, um, the most likely thing was that it was an environmental or, or, or issue in the lab. Right. And I mean, obviously as a doctor, like, and as you know, he, he can't confirm that without evidence and he doesn't really have evidence because there were other eggs that grew right that day, you know, I mean, not from our batch, but other eggs that were in the same incubator and right in the same media yeah growth media yeah so it's just like crazy you know um i appreciate his commitment to wanting to to make sure that we that we have embryos to transfer yeah yeah um i think that that felt really reassuring um, it didn't feel as like hopeless as, as I had kind of gone in there feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see, have to see what, what happens next. Um, so the, the rest of the medical team at the clinic is, is going to meet sometime next week to, mm-hmm. to review the case and, um, you know, and kind of review our our case, our kind of next steps mm. forward. Um, he, he, the doctor, seemed pretty, um, yeah, pretty hopeful that that we would figure it out, that we would figure it out together, how to make this happen, um, how to, yeah, how to make sure that we become parents. Mm-hmm. this waiting yeah and and i guess you know he also felt like given our given the fact that we still have not officially been matched with a surrogate um even though we're we're expecting that soon um that the the timeline would still probably work out that it wouldn't you know that there was back too far yeah that it wouldn't it wouldn't push us back which is also good yeah um but it's still (laughs) we're still we're still having to sit in the unknown we're still having to but i mean life is just the unknown right well yeah like i mean it's just but this is a this is a this is a big unknown that we have very little control over i mean yes life is unknown but there there are decisions that we can make and actions that we can take in life Whereas this is very out of our hands in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the first lesson in parenthood, right? (laughs) It's kind of like out of your hands, you know? These little creatures just grow and become their own people and do their own thing. And no matter how much you try to, you know, mitigate the the risk, it's still like life is is just, it's risky. Mm Mm-hmm. And life is, I mean, not that it's, I mean, it's, yeah, 
Yeah. Although, I don't know, I saw an ad today for a little wristband for your child. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. A wristband? It's a phone. It's like a one-tap phone to call your parents, and it's GPS-enabled. Oh my gosh. So you can see where your kids are. Oh my gosh. At all times. That is kind of weird. And they were... (laughs) They were marketing it for, like, for free-range kids. Oh my gosh. It's 2017. I know. I mean, I... I don't know how I feel about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't even <laughs> talk about that right now. I don't know if it comes in embryo size. Yeah. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> this is a little GPS tracker for your embryo. It's in freezer number four. <laughs> you can. There's a video camera. You can watch it <laughs> while you're at work. Oh my god. I gotta go. Yeah. Okay. Well, to be continued. To be continued. Thanks for listening to us uh, process through some of this. This story is definitely not over. Our journey is definitely not over. And uh, we're going to be parents. We hope to continue podcasting as well as blogging. Um, Again, our uh, website is www.twobeardsandababy.com if you want to read more of our, uh, what our story has been prior to this. Um, and also, huge thanks to uh, Ivy Ross Ricci for her song, Density Change. It's from her upcoming album, which will be released later this year. Um, and we'll include a link in our show notes uh, so that you can check out more of her music. Like a bomb.